everyone. I want to welcome you to episode one of Conversation with a Cancer. I am going out on my own this time around, and I decided to have conversation with different people in my life who enjoy talking to me because <laughs> it can be a bit much talking to me. But however, the show is called Conversation with a Cancer, so that means I am a cancer and we're going to have conversation. Therefore, let's get started. Today is November 7th, and I have a very special guest for my first episode, one of my great friends, a beautiful black woman, mother, uh, funny individual who uh, loves to have a good time and smile. I want to introduce everyone to Ashley. Ashley, say hello. Hey, everybody. So today, we're just going to talk about a wide range of things and get into some topics that vary from what just happened today and also what's going on with ourselves. So right off the back, how are you today? I am great. I'm blessed mm. to be here okay. in struggle 2020. Woo, 2020 be the struggle for everybody. I saw a couple of pigeons in the hole with a rat the other day. I said, I don't know what's going on, but I ain't how it's supposed to be working out. So, but okay, so today the news came in that uh, Joe Biden is president-elect. How do you feel about that? I'm happy. Like, if y'all could see me, I was losing. <laughs> we had to get Trump out of it. And I'm more happy that we got a female vice president, and she's black. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, and also, you know, I learned, just like everybody's learned, she went to an HB, HBCU. Um, she went to Howard, I think, right? Pretty sure. Howard, yeah, so. Don't quote her. Yeah, don't quote her. She went to Howard. Um, so that's a wonderful thing. Um, she's in office. Trump will be out, I think, January 20th is the inauguration. So he probably got to be out really soon. So he's gonna, I think he's going to cause some ruckus for the next month or two. But I think he's going to spend most of his time trying to sue and get voting recounts in the states right. he lost. But I'm... Twitter finger. Right. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, if you lose the president's presidential election and it's close in some states, why not have a recount? Um, I don't get it Oh, you're... Done. Oh. Done. Like, he just shouldn't need to pack his shit. <laughs> get the going. Okay? I, I also agree he should get the going and... I wanted to go smoothly, but we're talking about a guy who doesn't like to lose. I told somebody yesterday, he only thought about it two ways. Either he wins or he gets cheated. Like, he never thought about it was possible he can lose or something bad could happen that he couldn't win. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm happy. Um, like I told you, I didn't think people were going to be celebrating. I just thought people would go back to their lives and just be happy for a moment. But seeing people in the street driving and people were just overwhelmed with the joy to get this man out of here so um i feel like it was almost like when obama won this is what how people are celebrating kind of so i guess that's a beautiful thing at the end of the day yeah we deserve so the trump support definitely gonna be out there <laughs> if he wouldn't man i just hope they just don't, there's, don't write. I don't want anyone to write, whether you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter. Writing is unnecessary. We can peacefully be happy and go in the house. We can peacefully see somebody be like, hey, Biden won, congratulations. I don't want, don't loop, don't break in those stores. Play your music as loud as you want, you know, but do it within respect of others because I'm just not trying to see people being arrested for such a 
joyous moment in time. Sure. Okay. So, so since this is episode one and they don't know much about me yet, to the people who don't know me, let's let's talk about how we met. We met. I think it was twenty four or fifteen. Was it fourteen or fifteen? I think it was. 2014, we were both working at Safeguard Properties, and I was in the Valley View building, and I was trying to work in the Minner building. And when I got to the Minner building, there's two teams. We're in different, you know, cities and buildings. You were on the Mentor team. Right. And I remember I met a mutual friend of ours first, Stephanie, and then you had, she had walked somewhere into the cafeteria, and I said hi to her, and then she had walked back around with you. And then I had spoke to you. And uh, only reason why I remember that, because I thought it was weird that she had walked to the cafeteria and walked back and then walked again. That's the only reason why I remember that, because that's... that's well, Sammy didn't really do any work. Right. <laughs> so she was pretty much um, walking. Yeah, so that's how I looked at it. I'm like, man, that's kind of weird, but, you know. So we met around 2014, 2015, and we've been friends the last four or five years, and... I would say that uh, when I first met you, I had no idea what type of person you was, but over the time of getting to know you and us both having a child to two children apiece, uh, I realized we had a lot more in common than just work and laughter. Like, we have some of the same interests and things. How do you feel about that? Do you think we have some of the same interests? I think so. I mean, we wouldn't vibe as much as we did if we didn't. True statement. True statement. The reason I don't remember how we actually met, because I feel like we've been friends for like a long time. For a long time. Yeah. So, I just know I met you at the start. Like, yeah. I was Really? Work environment. Work environment, okay. Okay. <laughs> we, I got along with everybody. Like, I enjoyed coming to work. So, I, was, I don't even think Safeguard was my best paying job. I made the most money at Safeguard, but I've had a more more, I've had a more hourly rate, better hourly rate than Safeguard, but work environment, I would say that work environment was was cool. E- either building I work in was was great. The dynamic I had with the people on our team was cool, and just all the other people I met there, um, one of my children's mothers I met there, so that was unintentional, but um, the dynamic of just how people got along, we used to always order lunch together and then we used to all start hanging out together and it just it marinated and it grew from there like I feel like at some point like I had no idea I think I've told you this before when I first met you I try, I was thinking in my head I was gonna try to get at you because at the time I just I didn't know anybody there but Candace of course my, right. who was my best friend and I just knew the people who was on my team um I had never met Tina or I can't remember the other lady's name. Nobody liked. Uh, what was her name? The evil lady. Man, she was evil. Yeah, right. I had never met Van, but I had met Laura. I, Laura. Yeah. Oh, I saw her one day at a park and she smiled at me. I put Everybody my hand up. Everybody was so happy when she got fired. Like, it's not a good thing for people to get fired, <laughs> but we was happy. She was an evil, well, I'm not using the word evil. She was a very disgruntled, angry black woman on the inside. She was very bitch. She always just, she's one of the people that probably didn't, in my opinion, have the greatest life outside of work. So she took it out on us at work. Like, I 
feel like she always has something to say no matter what we did. And I didn't like that. Um, Before you came over the uh, center, mm-hmm. and it was like, she used to my feet like I talk like, I don't talk for right. pretty much anybody. I don't care who you is. I'm talking because I can't just sit at a desk for eight hours and not say nothing to nobody. Like, mm. Me and her used to get into it all the time. It's impossible to not talk to someone at work for eight hours, like you said. Like, especially when you're in a cubicle and you're standing at them paper thin walls and they wasn't even high cubicles. No, because once you stood up, you saw everybody. But it was enough to where you were sitting down. But some of those, some of my greatest friends have come from there because I have a lot of great friends I talk to on a daily basis that I'm going to have on here pretty soon. But I remember the people that. We're there that we don't speak to at all. Do you think about that sometimes? Like, man, you would have thought, like, maybe I'd have kept in contact with some some of these other people, but... No, I... The people I keep in contact with the people that was meant for. Mm, facts. I can deal with that. Yeah. I've met seven years. Right. Turned into my best friend. Right. Right. And yo, what was your other friend that used to work there? What was her name? Sierra. Sierra. Y'all not speaking about No. Oh, okay. We're I didn't know that. <laughs> it's no, it's no bad. Or Y'all just don't keep in contact anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. It's I didn't know that. Exactly. I didn't know she was like one of my oldest friends. Right. Like, from high school. And I ended up getting her, you know, coming to reply. Oh, so you got her own SFR. Mm-hmm. Got that referral money. And then, I don't know. I didn't know she had a twin, though, right? She has a twin? She don't have a twin. She has a sister. Oh, okay. I thought it was a twin because they look just alike. They but do. Okay. Yeah, so so let's fast forward a little bit. We met at Safeguard, and then somewhere down the line, uh, we exchanged numbers. And then we just always kept in touch. Even when I went back to Valley View, because I was at Manor, I think, a year or some change before I went back to Valley View, we always kept in touch, whether it was emails and stuff like that. And then, uh, of course, me and Stephanie kind of got a little closer because I, you know, end up involved with someone in her family. So, and then there was a period of time where I didn't talk to Stephanie for a while. And then, uh, right. (laughs) Right. And then I had just leaned heavy on just getting to know you more. And then you had a baby. And then I had, well, I had a baby first. And then you had another one. So we both had girls. And then, I don't know, I just always felt like you were just easy for me to talk to, and it just developed into a quality friendship. Like, never, no nonsense. I don't think you and I have ever had a disagreement to the point where we felt like we had to hash it out or yell at each other, right? You you got your business, I got my business, but, you know, we only, we speak to each other when we want to speak to each other and just talk about what we want to talk about, basically. What a friendship is supposed to be. Not supposed to be nagging or anything like that, but some friendships are. Yeah, some people are needy. Very. And I'm not a needy friend. <laughs> no, I'm not a needy I friend. I not talk to my friends and still know I'm their friend. Like, right. If they ever needed me, I'm going to be there. I don't have to talk to them. Right. I don't, I don't have to Some of my friends from my childhood, like I have a friend I've known since sixth grade, a lot of them, and me and him don't talk every day. We can go months without talking, but if we speak, we pick right back up. So I just talked to him today. Shout out to Kyle. Um... I saw my other friend, Carmen, uh, this morning. So, yeah. So, 
Let's dive into some some more topics. So I've been told as a cancer that I'm very sensitive. Um, you know, I wear my my emotions and things like that. Have you ever experienced some things like that with me? I wouldn't say you wear your emotions. How would I? Okay, so you're totally different from the person I met first. When we first met, I used to think you was a dog. Like, you just was just rude. I had my days so and moments. I'm good, you know. <laughs> but I never put you on my, my friend. Right. But you, you, my so, Okay, we're going to come back to that. Go ahead. Because I thing. remember when you tried to get at my friend Evan again. And, you know, I kind of, like, no. Nah. Oh, oh yeah, I do. I do. I want I wanted Ebony fast. She was something by her. But then you, was, you wasn't a, um. I wasn't. I wasn't a, a good man, man towards women at all. Like, I won't sugarcoat it or act like I was. Um, but like you said, back then, I didn't have what I have now mentally. But before we continue on that, are you saying I had a shot at Ebony? Are you saying I could have gotten Ebony by the pursuit? Not not in no second, but if I wanted to get out, do you think I could have gotten her ear to the point she would have talked to me? Oh, oh. But I knew what she was looking for, and that's not what you were trying to mm. do. Mm. There wasn't no point of people to know. I'm a little hurt by that, but... Don't be hurt, because that would have just ended up bad. Right, that might have ended up badly for you and I, so you're right. Yeah. That was cool, but yeah, I've never forgotten her either. You know, yeah. I, randomly, I always ask you about her. <laughs> <laughs> but... Not forget her. Yeah, no, I don't want her nothing like that, but yeah, I remember when we was at... We was at Wasabi. It was my, you got me that Drake t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I, how, many Drake, how many Drake t-shirts have I bought you? One or two? Just one. Just one? Okay, I'm gonna get you another one, because I know you still okay. love Drake. Just FYI, it's this nice Okay, you gonna have to send me the link. Let me look at it because you know uh Christmas is coming up. We can do Ooh. friends exchange. Shout out to Drake, y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, what were we at with for? Did we just go to go? It was your birthday? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember she was sitting next to me. And she just kept looking at me every time she spoke to me. I never forgot this. Like, she just always looked in my eyes when we talked. And that was just such a a thing for me. Like, you know, that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Like, that was something for me. But, anywho, shout out to Ebony. She's still in Georgia? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina? I might be going North to North Carolina. South. I think mm. I'm supposed to be going to North either December or January. See some friends down and there. I was looking at it. Like, I think I might want to don't you dare. But don't you dare. The price is a little high. Okay. The price is high and the weather's hot. But the food is great down there. It is? Oh my goodness. I used to go down there when I was a kid, but I haven't seen that. You think we eat now up here? You'll get down there and you will definitely put on some I just moved weight because you're going to eat all the stuff that we don't have available to us here. Um. So yeah, Uh. so then that happened and then... I was living in Parma at one point in time, 
and I think I had got fired from Safeguard, and then oh, I, I was so hurt. Listen, that that day I got fired from Safeguard was a breath of fresh air, but it was I didn't see it coming. Like, and I remember talking to Tina about it, and Tina was like, "It was nothing I can do," because they told me after they did it, and I was like, "It's all good." So I remember I had moved in with my ex girlfriend at the time, my ex girlfriend now, and uh, I remember I had told you that. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I was going to move in with her. And uh, I don't know if you remember telling me this, but you had said to me, are you sure that's a good idea? Do you remember telling me that? No. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> so I think you were just saying that just on the benefit, like, do you want to just go live with someone while you're unemployed? I think maybe that was your whole point behind it. I'm not saying anything else besides that. We're talking about Lauren. Okay, I do remember okay, saying. Okay, right, right. So I think we had, I think when I left Sevgard is when our relationship got, grew bigger. It grew tenfold or whatever where I'm trying to think of. Because I think at that point, um, I started talking to you more about things because I started confiding in you. Because we just, our friendship wasn't see each other at work or talk at work. It was, if I didn't reach out, I wouldn't hear from you type of thing. So, but I want to get back to this dog thing that you said. So, back in 2014 to, let's say, probably 2018, I had the same mindset as an adult male about women. Run through them, and then... (laughs) When you're ready to settle down, you will have the pick of the letter. Because I've said this many times, I think I've told you this, I was never shown as a man what I'm supposed to do. It's either what I learned, what I saw my friends did, what I even what if I saw TV or heard in music. That was my stilo. Like, if I wanted to be with multiple women, I would be with multiple women. If I wanted to mistreat a woman, I would mistreat a woman. Because I always thought like my game was good enough to talk myself into any situation I want. And then I got in a relationship and I wasn't doing one. And then when she and I broke up, Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me because I had put all my eggs in that basket. So I didn't have it anymore and I had struggled. And you know, when you start struggling and you start thinking of things and you get down and you get to your lowest, that's when your, your mind starts going crazy what's that thing they say if you don't see yourself at a certain amount of time you go crazy like i couldn't envision myself with a woman because i was going through so much personally and then i had to just figure out a way to grow and i started apologizing to women i started talking that good yeah bro right but it was it was hard like the first one or two women i apologized to it's hard to apologize and not have an explanation for your apology. So it was mostly, I'm just sorry for the way I treated you. And, you know, everyone meant well. Do you remember what you did? And sometimes you don't remember. You just apologize because you know you treated a person bad. So I had to hear back all the things that I did bad. And then that was tough for me. And just being that guy who thought you're supposed to knock off as many women as possible in your life until you're ready to settle down. Like, my own father told me I'd have to get married until I'm 60. Like, not because I can just have sex, but what is your hurry? And I come from a family where there's not a lot of marriage. So marriage is not something I ever, aspire, you know, aspire to have. I just was having sex, getting in a relationship, 
and nothing was coming from it because I didn't know how to, as a man, take a relationship to the next level. I knew how to get into one. I knew how to maybe be a good boyfriend, but I always thought like I had a good game. I can make you laugh. I like to eat and I like to take trips. Who's not gonna Who's not gonna want that? So, from your perspective, what do you think when you hear or know someone who's similar to me, and you see them or you encounter one? Like, what is what does Ashley do when something like that in a scenario of that? So you're asking me, what do I do? So not if I met a dog. Yeah. So so as you went through your life and you know you and your other like. I know there was a before him, or if there was a period of time where maybe you and him were broken up, like you dealt with who you dealt with, correct? Right, okay. So, I mean, the person I'm with now mm -hmm. wasn't all, like you, wasn't the person he, he is now. He used to be a dog, like he used to treat me. I wouldn't say, okay, he used to treat me bad, mm. but I was just so in love, so thirsty, I was chasing. So, I mean, you know, know how to put it. Everybody has that one person, well, in the female. They're going to encounter that one dog. Mm. So, every woman. I feel like everyone had at least one. At least one. That took everything out of them to the point where they had to relearn how to. I believe mm. at least one. I don't think not one female friend I had has not had that one that took them there. So let me let me let me ask you a question about something you said. You said every woman has that one where they're in love, but they can't get past that that particular individual. Is that from you take away a person is raised and taught, or is that just I'm dealing with this and this is how I'm going to deal with the type of situation? In my perspective, from my personal experience, yes. I couldn't leave my dog alone because I wanted a relationship so bad. Mm. At that time in my life, I thought that was the be all. I'm going to have a boyfriend and he's going to be mine and I'm going to make him do what I want. He's going to be the person I want him to be. Even though he wasn't ready to be that person, mm. I was going to make him be, be that person. person. So that drive kept me going and going going and the what if oh what if I leave and he go find somebody else and then he's that person her then I done put in this time what am I left with right so that makes you keep going after that person so let me ask you a question about that because I can I can speak on it from my experience but I want to ask you what happened in your experience so when you're pushing it forward and you're driving does that how can I say it? Does that push that person away? Does that make it that, harder? It made him keep doing the things, things he, he was, was doing, doing because I was forcing something that he never wanted. Okay, so how how old were you when this was happening? In my early 20s. In your early 20s. I met him when I was 17. 17. Okay. In the first year of school. Like, there was no issue. First two years of school. We was cool, kicking it. And I did something that made him change. Hmm. Do you know what that thing is? I did. Okay, you know, I don't want you to speak on it, but I just want to know if you know it. Because, you know, some people don't recognize those things. Oh, no. We talk about these types of things all the time. He said I fell off his pedestal. 
You said mm-hmm. every man has that one woman that they put on a pedestal. They do no wrong. Like, this the girl. And then we do something and fall off the pedestal. Which made him start treating me like he treated everyone. Hmm, interesting. Because I don't know if I ever had one woman where I thought, or even put on a pedestal, thought did no wrong. I've had women that I didn't expect them to do something, but I guess I've never put someone on something higher and then didn't think they couldn't fall because then I'm setting myself up. But I do agree with him that sometimes you do classify women in certain ways to the point where um, you don't think it's possible or plausible for them to do the things they did and they do it and you do look at them funny. But I don't know if I ever have one. I'm not I mean, just saying. it might not necessarily be a pedestal, but you put them in mm-hmm. a different category. Yeah. Mm, yeah, see, as we know, love is a tricky thing. And I've been in love once as an adult. And then with my first child's mother, I think it was, I don't even think I was in love. I think it was more... I had just left my first year of college. My daughter's getting ready to be born. I'm around you every day, and it didn't work out. Now I'm heartbroken because I don't know what to do with my life, and I have a child. So I don't know if I was so much in love. I think I was just so overtaken by the idea of having so much responsibility. But when I was in love the second time, my first time as an adult, like that was tough for me because, as you can say, you, you don't want to lose that person, and then... You can be the reason you lose that person, and then you try to get that person back, and then they don't want you back because they're already gone. Because women's, y'all be over us mentally before you tell us physically. Like, y'all in y'all head, y'all just fuck them. I don't need him. Bump him. And then we. A lot of women keep men around even if they don't want, want them. them. Right, right. Because it benefits them. Right, right. So I just think, like, you know, because I've told you this, I went to therapy. Not because of my breakup, because I was just at my lowest point in life, and my sister had recommended it to me, and she told me, like, hey, well, maybe you should try therapy, and I'm like, you know, black people don't go to therapy, we sweep things on the rug, and we pray, and then we move, on. we move on, we watch black comedies, like, you know, so I went to therapy, and my first two times was the hardest, because you're telling a stranger about your life, and you have to tell them something so they can help, or not, not even help, you just listen, so that's what speeded up my thought process you know I think I told you this but the most important thing I think I've learned is therapy and over my two years is gray areas I didn't believe in gray areas I believe in truth and lie like the way I saw it was the truth because that's how I remembered it and whatever you telling me is some BS you know what I'm saying so do you believe in gray areas I do you do only because I tend to before I even make a, any type of decision, I try to put myself in their shoes. Mm, I try okay. to look at it a different way. I've never been like one side. I, I'm not a, my way is highway. Gotcha. I say it, it is. Like, I don't believe that. I, I think it's because growing up, I got it had issues with my mom. She sees things that I don't see. So she thinks I'm lying because she didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. So I always try to think of how somebody else would see something versus how I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I think that is why I. Okay. I mean, that makes sense because 
we are how our parents raised us until we get our own thoughts. But I think all black parents should go get therapy. They don't have therapy. I think right. they all need it. I think they, they all got amnesia because they don't like, believe. Mm, they, I'm not that. I don't remember doing that. Don't like, remember nah, doing that. nah. I, I think like I don't even want to. I don't even go there no more. Like, I think all black parents need therapy. I think they all need to go work out their problems because you know they. Some of our parents grew up in real racism and real segregated times and real hardships and you know so i personally think that but we can talk about that another day however so being in love wanting someone to love you back have you did, did you get to a point where you was like all right maybe i need to start thinking about maybe there i have to go another route like maybe me and him need to not be together anymore Definitely. okay so what happened when you got there so I realized that the issue was me. I was loving him way more than I was loving myself. Mm. So we ended up breaking up for like years. Was that long? Three years. Three years. It was when I met you, because when I met you, I was single. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was around 2013 to 2015, maybe 2012. Mm. How old is your oldest? Nine. Nine. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we broke up. He was born in 2011. you were supposed to be doing during that time because a lot of women say this is what i'm supposed to do until i'm ready to settle down for me i feel like i needed that okay because i was with i only had two real relations i had my high school boyfriend okay then i broke up with town ended up meeting who i'm with now okay so i didn't get the experience i wasn't a whole high school Okay, so let me ask you a question. In your definition, what is a whole phase or stage? What do you? What, how would you describe it to someone who doesn't know what that is? I didn't give a fuck about whole thing. Mm. I only did things to benefit me. So I did things I never thought I would do. Interesting. I became a whole person. Like I did things out of my ordinary. Out of your ordinary. So, I actually have a good question about that. So, you said out of your ordinary. So, what is out of ordinary for you? So, when y'all broke up, you was just in, just getting into your 20s, right? Maybe? Um, I was about 22. So, 22. So, 22. Really don't know nothing but that man you was with and the child y'all had. What is out of the ordinary, like being a mom, going home to him? Is that the or was that the ordinary? The ordinary for me would be whoever I'm talking to, I'm trying to be in a relationship. Got you. Okay. So focusing singularly, singularly yeah, like, on that one person. I used to think everybody that came into my life was meant to be a boyfriend. And I learned hmm. that everybody you meet is not meant to be a boyfriend. Messing right. and friends. Just a whole different. I used to be so focused on being in love that I was like, I wish I could be 
could have been making goals, having ambition, but out here just trying to be somebody's wife, being in love, being married. When I went through my whole phase, I dropped all that. Now, I don't even really care. I, that's not a goal for me. We did just have that conversation a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Go. Okay. Back in my early 20s, that was like prime. I'm going to get wife by five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have all that. Okay. So before we get back to the whole thing, I want to ask you about the marriage thing because I remember I grew up with the, not that mindset, but thinking like all women are being raised to get married. Like, so was that something that was taught to you growing up that you need to be married? You need to have a house, you need to, cause everybody knows you don't want to have kids before marriage and things like that. So was that something you were told? I don't, I don't think it was taught to So let's get back into another question about the whole stage. So when a woman going through a whole stage, because I've, I've heard women say this a lot, and it's really big and culture now, like have a whole stage and whatnot like, like that. Excuse me. So when you decided to go into your whole stage and start not caring about men's feelings and things of that nature, did you have a girl code or was, was it anybody I want, I'm going after, or anyone who approaches oh, no. me. I'm good. I'm big on girl code. Like, okay. To this day, I'm never, I'm never. Broken girl code. I would say, I think I'm that strong on girl code because when I was growing up, mm-hmm. it would be rude. Not of them 100% true. So, like, I lost a lot of female friends because. I would okay, so basically my first encounter with her. So in middle school, this girl named Tashiana. I thought she was my best friend. Right. And it was this boy named Wayne. Like, but Wayne was like everybody's girl boyfriend. boyfriend. Like you didn't have any options in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I started dating them. But she was really, really upset. Like when I asked her about it, she told me no, she's not mad. But behind the scenes, she was really, really mad. So that ended our friendship. And then my second was in high school. Um, my friend Whitney, she was dating some boy named Professor. I was going to sleep, not even gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But we ended up not sleeping, like not doing anything. We ended up just playing PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to go back and tell people that we did it and I sucked this dick and all, all types of stuff that wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. And I lost so many friends over that. So then, since everybody had this perception of me that 
do. Like, mm-hmm. I just started being that. Like, mm-hmm. Even though I really wasn't, but I'd just be a flirt. Like, right. you know, like, if you already thinking it, so I might as well just might start well portraying be. it. Okay. So then when I got my adult life, because back then, now I don't have no female friends. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have female friends. I'm really, really, really big on girl I'm not. I don't care if you then he can slide in your DM. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to him. Right. Me and my friends always, you know him? You see you talk to him? Right. Like I'm not doing it. Like I don't you could have just gave her a hug. Like right. your intentions was to talk to my friend, I'm not messing with you. Right, right, right. So I grew up similar to that. Like me and my homies growing up in high school, we did a lot of sharing women, but we never messed with someone's girlfriend. So as I grew older, I stopped sharing women too. Like, man, we too old to be this. Like, go get your own. If you want her, you can just, you know, pursue her. But so I agree with you with the whole girl code. So let me ask you one more. I got one more good question about the whole state. So how far or how willingly is a woman to go into her whole space? Like, is there a limit? Is there a point where you know you can stop? Is there a point of no return? Or do you just do it until you're like, all right, I'm done? Or can a man come get a woman out of her whole stage? I think a man can. Oh. If the right man comes along and shows her something she ain't never seen before, mm-hmm. makes her solely want to focus on that man, mm-hmm. then yes, definitely. But I think women do it until they're tired of doing it. Tired of doing it. Okay, okay. But for me, I was, I remember the end of my whole case. I was messing mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. on the ring. Okay. And he, one night after the bar, like, come through. And then I was like, you know what? I'm ready for a relationship. So not trying to, you know, go down that road, then we don't need to be doing it no more. Wait, 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 wait. I'm all for a woman doing whatever she wants. But if we already been doing all this politicking and you just coming over, I came over there, and then one day out of the blue, you're like, you know what? Because it's my body, my choice. You're I only, agree. You're I agree. Like, we're using But you're using each other. Yes, so, you're using each other. So, so let me decide I'm done, it's, I mean, so, you're going to do what? So it's after the bar, you said. Yeah. So back then, and you we, were closing down bars, right? You were staying to the club. <laughs> so this was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You wanted to close? I had told him, like, yeah, we're going to link after, you know, when we wow. I'd have been mad. It's, you know, I wouldn't have been mad that you made that decision. I'd have been mad. mad. And we still friends. Right. Well, I can't say friends, but we know it's no bad blood. Right. I would have been mad. I'd have been like, what? At three o'clock in the morning, this is when you want to come to realization. But I'm pretty sure he could have texted somebody else and that yeah, but at that point, if I'm waiting on you and that's when you want to have the realization, I'm gonna have some type of way, feel some type of way about it. Waiting on me? I mean, I think he probably was waiting. Well, I don't know the guy. Let me not even give him that much credit. But because in my twenties, it was no way. Now I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm you gave up specific instructions. I let him on. Let him on. That I was going to put out that night, and I did. Right. So let's come. Let's come out of the whole stage. So you're out of your whole stage, and you're ready to be in a relationship. How does you go? How do you go about finding the person, or do you immediately say, "I want him back"? 
is it a process or does it happen instantaneously? Like, yeah, I'm done with this. I think I need to try to make that work. Or do you believe you just take some time to yourself? Because like you said, you got to love yourself. So yeah. during this whole stage, you're doing things and you're gathering yeah. things. So during the, the whole phase, I was also learning about how, yourself. To, how to love myself and okay. the things I wanted and needed from somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, also during the whole phase, I was acting like somebody's girlfriend. Like, out. That makes sense. Lie, okay? That makes That's sense. Yeah. Um, probably broke person's feelings. But, I mean, that's the game, though, right? right. That's the game. So men do it to women all the time. I don't know all about that. Black, okay. black men don't cheat. But oh yes, yes. <laughs> black men. Don't <laughs> so let me ask you this: We both have daughters. I have two. You have one. Is that appropriate for our kids? Do we teach our kids that at some point, not so much a whole stage, but you should go out there and get what you want, no matter what? Are we teaching them to? have that character, that mindset, or we just tell them, like... No, I'm telling my daughter to keep clothes, but as long as possible, okay. live your life. I want her to live her life, and I want her to enjoy her. Right. But I also want to know, want her to know that you op- it's kind of like opening Pandora's box mm. when you give your body to somebody. I don't... If I was taught that it's so much more than sex when you're having sex. I probably wouldn't treat my body. Interesting. You like giving yourself to somebody, like a little piece of you stays with that person. I've heard that. I've heard that. I can say in my in my thirties, I agree with that. Every woman that I've had sex with in my thirty, I feel like some of me is with that woman. I won't even cap about that, especially the last three women that I've had sex with. Absolutely. So for me, my oldest daughter, I feel like she's going to be maybe more maybe more outgoing than I was at that age. But my youngest, my five-year-old, that's the one I worry about a lot because she has personality. She's outgoing. She's well thought out. And she speaks very good already at five. And her mom, opposed to my oldest daughter's mother, her my youngest daughter's mom, she has, you know, body on her. So I'm like, oh, shoot, my youngest daughter is going to have body. Well, my oldest daughter, she's tall and skinny like me. But my youngest daughter, I think about that time, I think I told you this, like, I'd rather, this is going to be real bad, but I don't care what people think. I'd rather my children get teased for having body than getting teased for not having body. Because I know how that feels like. Yeah, because I was one of those guys who teased. I'd be like, oh, look at flat chest and such and such. You ain't got no, you got not so tall. I realize not how harmful I mean that was and how destructive that is, opposed to a guy that's like... Double-sided. Right, because you, you don't... A man is going to look at a woman regardless, right? Right. So... I don't want to say I'd rather a man look at my daughter for her body, but I'd rather my daughter not getting teased for not having body. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what those words sound like. I'd rather my daughter not have body. You'd rather your daughter not have body? Yes. Really? Yes, I'd rather her get teased for being skinny. Really? Uh, I used to get called man legs and like... Really? Yes. Like, <laughs> what? strong legs. Well, you are shorter, so, you know, your muscles look so, bigger on you. Yes. I want getting teased if you know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Teaches you tough skin. Right. Um, 
I don't want her to get used to getting attention. Just because of her body. Yeah. Okay. Because to me, then she's going to want to use it. She don't think that's the only way she's going to get her attention. I want her to get attention from her... Her her, her, her beauty, mind. her personality. Yes, think she her speaking, mm-hmm. like, not just because she got... Her proper, her properness. Yeah. nice butt. Well, you know, we're in a day age where things are really different. There's so many options for people to and outlets to be heard, to be seen. Yeah. To we didn't really have no, social media like I am pretty positive. In the nineties, how many of us would be rich or billionaires right now if we had social media? Right? I'm pretty I'm not, like my face like really was like I'm pretty positive I would be some type of celebrity right now if I had that to my exposure. We didn't have YouTube till our TV. We, like, we had telephone and play outside till streetlights came on. That's it. We didn't telephone because mom was on the phone. Right. My mother wasn't having it, but when I was living with my uncle or my brother, I definitely was on that phone. I was I was cutting up. But um so I want to ask you another question about kids. So me as a father, um, I remember the Chris Rock joke, you know, you want to keep your kids off the post because I have two girls. So I always think about when is an appropriate time to have that conversation with your kids. And I think it's whenever you're ready. You, I think you shouldn't wait till your kids is ready. It's whenever you're ready to explain it to them to the point where you know they'll understand what you're saying because if you're way too late, they might not want to hear it. I think when your your child gets interested in the opposite sex, or I guess I should say same sex, you never know. Never know. Um, when they're interested in another person, as feelings wise. Right. Because like if I ask my, my son, I'd be like, you better go brush your hair because some girls gonna be talking about you. And he'd be like, oh, so? I don't care if he's Noticing girls. Right, you was getting right. for girls. Right, right, right. I don't think my son pays. Right, right. The, for my very first contact with a girl that made me know girls like boys, I've never told this story before, but I'm gonna tell you. I might have been maybe eight or nine. We used to have this this baseball field in front of my house on 105 of Columbia, and there was these kids who grandparents owned a auto body shop in the alley, so we used to call them alley kids. But anyway, there was two light-skinned girls. One was Angela and one was Michelle. I think that was their names. And I remember we was playing outside, and I don't know what we were doing, but we were all playing by a tree, and a girl crab came up to me and grabbed my booty, and she smelled her hand. And she was like, ugh, and I was like... What? <laughs> like, that was, like, I knew what she was doing, but I didn't know why she grabbed my butt to do it. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? And I remember I was like, that's weird. Because up until that point, I have never grabbed no butt. Like, I didn't start watching porn until I got maybe, like, 10 or 11. Um, but, oh my God. yeah. Oh, uh, but you know what? They both go on section porn up. Like, that's weird. But porn is so more accessible now, too. But he doesn't have his own phone or he nothing. Does. He, he does? Yes. Do you have eyes on it? Can you see what he's doing? When I mean, I have his password. Mm. So, you know, I you... know he don't. He... Right. I know he's not searching for her. Right, 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 right. I just can't imagine. Here's the thing. Our, I hope that my children 
are outgoing like me, but I don't want them to be into the same things I was. Because when I was a teenager, the things I was into was moving too fast. I moved entirely too fast from porn to kissing to sex to thinking that this is what everybody else is doing. I got to do it. Like, I really believe kids are just have fun. But nowadays, their fun is on their phone. Our fun was truly you had to leave the house like you can only play video games along your mother's house before you, she tell you to turn it off. So you'd rather be outside. You just play video games when it's a Saturday morning and nobody's up yet. But I just remember those type of things. And I firmly believe, truly believe if I had access to uh, the stuff we have access to now when I was a teenager, I'd have took off. Because I was, I was very absurd at my young age like my mother my sisters my anybody to tell you about me i was a bad boy but i'm silly so i'm pretty sure if i could have been recorded and uploaded i might have had some fame you know <laughs> and maybe my mother wouldn't have had to work so hard she could have just lived off her son right. you know but that's here on there so let's talk about something else so we both have two kids you're not married i'm not married what are, you, what are you searching for or what are you working towards in life right now? Um, different strengths. Mm, talk about it. So that's my main goal. Like, I need at least three in 2021. Okay. Because I can't live in off my plantation. I don't like right. it. It bothers my soul. Businesses, I really want to work myself. Mm-hmm. I don't work. Right. Yeah. So I had told you I went to a Shark Tank uh, session here, but the guy really wasn't here. He just sent his people here. And I told you I learned the reason why billionaires stay billionaires because they have seven sources of income. And that blew my mind. Like, I just thought, like, they hit it big and they would never go broke again and kept reinvesting. So you have, you want how many in 2021? At least three. Okay, so I have three and I feel like I'm struggling. Like, I have sports, I have my my job at night, and then I do Instacart sometimes. So those are three different incomes. I feel like I need six. Six, I need six. I mean, eventually I would want, you know, six or seven, but... By the end of 21, I need to have three okay. full functions. Okay. Right. So, uh, because of you, I looked up purchasing an ATM. Right. We had that conversation. Yeah. So, because I'm trying to buy women Birkin bags. No, I'm bullshit. I know buy no Birkin bag. Um, so, I looked that information up. And I, I got to the point like, oh, man, I really think I can get an ATM. And then I saw that one line. You have to keep it stocked yourself. And that's when I realized that I'm nowhere close to having the money I want. Because you can be excited about something you think like, I can work up to get this. Or I can do a couple of hours here to get that. But knowing that you can get something and then don't have the money to keep that business afloat, that stuck me. Like, I just, I had to sit back like, wow, like, I'm about to be 37 in 2021 and I don't have that reliable income like right. we know you can lose a job and you have to hunt for one and then maybe go on right, right maybe go on like uh, what they call that you get uh, unemployment I want like you said to work for myself but more importantly work for myself I want to know that my money makes money like that's something I read about that stuff I aspire to um, 
and I feel like I'm close. Like I keep telling people, I feel like my time is coming because I'm spreading myself wide and far and into different things or talking to different people and trying to be a part of different things. And I think logically my next step is jumping off the cliff without a parachute. Cause I feel like I'm going to land, but I have so many nervous feelings With about what, that. The ATM machine? No, 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 no. I don't have I don't have the the sustainable income for an ATM. I don't know how to keep it stocked all so the time. I was randomly I don't know what I was. I think it was YouTube, and this man was telling everybody about his mm-hmm. um one of his streams of income, and it never dawned on me. It was as simple as a laundry man. So he only checked. Three of the washers, and it made fifteen hundred dollars. And he had twenty washing machines. He put them in individual wash. I mean, laundry mats or just. I don't know where his um washing machines and dryers were, but I was thinking like, even if I opened up a small laundry mat, you gonna make bank. You gonna make a lot of money. Cause no matter where you put a laundry mat, people are gonna lead need right? to be laundry. Right. You wouldn't think about starting a business of, of a laundry mat. So wait a minute, you could put an individual washing machine in someone's laundry mat. I thought once you buy a laundry mat, no, you buy. No, I don't know where his was. Oh, okay, okay. But okay. I was just thinking, like, if only three of him is his machines, mm. and he said he check them every two weeks. Right. Made fifteen hundred dollars. He had twenty total machines. He's making a killing, like. And it only takes one. You put one of something that you invest in somewhere, and you keep reinvesting into it so you can get two. And right. then two turns into, like, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to put my money into something. And I'm trying to do it by myself, not because I don't want to work with nobody, because I just want to do it by myself and learn and then bring people in. Me too. That's why, I like, um, my friends were asking, let's start a business or whatever. Mm-hmm. But one, I don't like doing business with friends. Um, and two... I rather I do it myself because if it fails, I don't have you. You know, the group effort like that brings. It's like a it's like a class project. Like right. you didn't do the work, I but you get this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to, I rather yeah. do it by myself, and then if I want to bring people on with me, mm-hmm. then I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like a person can have all these ideas have all the work done, but don't have the the resources or the wherewithal on how to get to the next step. And that was my biggest problem because I was making music for a long time, working with local artists or collabing with people. Yeah, I was I can't rap. I wish I could sing, you know, I try to sing on time. But yeah, you know, I be in the car. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm the best car singer I know this side of the Mason Dixon line. But um I always hit the same door when it came to music that some people used to tell me you gotta leave Ohio or I was chasing placements with major artists and I couldn't get it. Like I just couldn't get it. Like that shit used to just drive me bananas. And so I got to a point where I was like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to chase placements. And I just started just making a whole bunch of music. And I had sat on it and I wouldn't put it out. And I'm like, stupid. So, like, that's why I'm at now a life where I'm tired of sitting on ideas and not doing things. I'd rather just get them done, put them out. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But 
is getting it out there because okay. something's going to stick. Eventually, if you throw enough spaghetti against the wall, a noodle's going I to stick. But I would definitely put you on. Uh, I'll play some songs that some some people some stuff people bought for me and made. So I would definitely play some stuff. Um, I'll actually make the intro song for this, but you hear it when you hear the podcast over. Um, so yeah, I just I'm all about the incomes. I'm I need to figure out how to get to seven. Even if seven doesn't bring me a million, I feel like if I have seven sources of income, I will be doing more things in life. Yeah, I really don't. Like, if I get to be a millionaire, that's, I just don't want to keep living paycheck to paycheck, yeah, keep working scared, for someone. Yeah, scared money, scared money don't make money, right? As right, they say. Like, if, it, like, if I lose my job, I want to be like, oh, shit, I'm assed out. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? I want to be like, oh, they fired me, but I still got A, B, and C going to bring me money. Like, I don't like that feeling that. I don't have it. Yeah, I'm 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 never going back to a nine five. It's it's not happening for me. I'm yeah. I'm not going back. I'm going to progressively stay into doing sports because I'm doing sports all year round. When I'm not working at high school, I have semi pro and I have college. So I will always have some income coming from sports as long as I do stats. As long as I'm willing to travel, God bless my car to just make it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will always have that money. I will always have my my night job because it's it's easy. Like it's not hard. Um my boss lives in Texas. I've never met him. And I have the key to all three buildings. So I go in, do my work and leave. He's never gonna fire me because he needs me. And I don't do anything to get fired. So I will always have those two streams of income. I'm slowly coming out doing Instacart because I'm tired of delivering people's groceries when I'm when I just want some extra money. Like that <laughs> shit is I'm over it. Like uh if I was doing it in the mentor area, I might still be doing it because those mentor folks tip. Oh, they They'll give you money outside of money that you get from just delivering it. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember when I first started and pandemic first started, people was like, leave it on the table in the garage and it'd be a 20 tape tour. I'm like, I'll leave whatever you want. Like, yeah. so that's why I was happy to do it, but I'm over it now. Like, I feel like I put too many miles on my car. But so we talked about a little bit about us and, you know, relationships and life and kids and where we see ourselves. So let me ask you the most important question. Are you happy in your life right now? Like, not what you want to be, but current, are you just happy with your life right now? I'm happy. I, I think I live pretty good, but I'm happy. I, I don't like being comfortable. Oh, I love how you said that because I tell my therapist all the time, like, I'm getting comfortable or I'm getting complacent and I don't like it. I need to switch it up. So that's very important for me. I'm glad you said that because you do have a nice house, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And you made great buffalo dip. But you're not. we're not sharing that with no one. That's for me and her kids and her man. Like, that's kids, a, they, they don't, don't like it. That's right. That's right. They only eat and make you when other people are coming to the house. So some people have side men. I'm her side stomach. So if she makes something, I can try it. But so here's my thing. I get comfortable very fast. So what I mean by that is I like wins. I like tangible things. So like if I uh, if I want an ATM and I get one ATM, I'll be comfortable. I'll relax like, oh, my goodness, I'm keeping it stocked. It's making money. And then I forget the whole point was to have multiple. 
to expand. And so I have to remind myself all the time, like, this is not good enough. There's nothing wrong with being happy with your life and grateful for what you have because you're supposed to. Right. You know, I think that's part of growth. But I definitely can get complacent very fast and comfortable with that's things. Okay. Mm, I work on that, like. Especially as a man. Oh. I do not like. Oh. So what's a complacent man? I, I want to know what this is. What is that? That's somebody who does only what they're supposed to do. Like they don't go further. Mm. So I that, always want more. Like I'm never going to be hmm. okay with what I got. I'm always so let me ask you this. Does that have to do with drive? Do you want your man to want more out of life? Do you want him to have goals bigger than yours or just have goals in general? Because what if you want to move to North Carolina and have a big house and a white fence and he just he just want to have money coming in and hoop with his friends every Saturday? Like. So my other says that's just me. I'm the type of person that always want to work. Like, I'm always moving. I'm always doing something. He says everybody's not like that, which I try to understand because you can't, everybody can't be the same. That's true. But it still bothers myself. Mm -hmm. So for him, he's, he's cool with working and, you know, go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that go to work, come home, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Or I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Or I'm doing something else. Like, I I don't like wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I'm up at the crack of dawn. I don't like to take naps because I feel like you waste time. Like, that's time I could have been doing. Oh, else. I just discovered that this year. No cap. I'll be like, I'll be so, I'll be so sleepy, but I'll be like, if I take a nap, I'm not making no money. I always, I could have been doing something. Like, I tell people now, they be like, why you be up so late? Because I'm like, at night, that's when my mind moves the most. That's when my ideas are flowing. Like, sometimes when I... The time I take a nap is if I'm like, dog, tired, or I'm sick. Something got to be wrong with me for me to be laying in bed. Because I'm doing something all the time. I'm not... So, I... Take, if I take a nap is when I'm already out, I got to be to work at 8, and I pull up to my job at 6.50. I just happen to be early. So I'm going to sleep to like 7.30. Yeah, I'm getting that rest to finish work. And so people be like, you off work? What you about to do? I'm about to go home and ride the bike for about 30 minutes because I feel like I need to burn some energy off or, I, you know, I know I'm very disciplined in things nowadays and routine. I'm very routine. Somebody, my friend Carmen was just telling me about this. She's saying I'm, maybe I'm too routine, but I feel like adding to my routine to keep me busy is something like, like I don't believe in being still unless I'm asleep. Like, I don't want to be still. I believe in working hard. Yeah, my mother was like that. My mom worked her butt off on multiple jobs. I mean, my mom was working at Cleveland Indian Stadium, Brown Stadium. She's a police officer. I mean, she was a police officer at the stadium and stuff, but my mom just never was home because all she did was work. So when I got old enough to work, my parents made me work. So I've been working since I was 15. I tell people, like, I'm 15, I'm 36. I don't really got shit to show for it. I don't have nothing substantial. I can be like, this is what I got from working 
uh, 21 years of my life. I don't have anything like that. Because, you know, when you're young, you don't stay with that job your whole life. You you grow, you move, you, you go to school or something like that. So, yeah, so I agree with you about your other being comfortable. Not your particular other, but others in general because I dated a girl who all she cared about was just being with me. Like, she has no drive to do nothing. Like, she she can do all sorts of things, write or draw or fix things, but she had not, no mindset to do anything to outsource her talents. It was just, oh, I got it, and go to work and come on, lay up on you. Like, that shit was weird to me. That's weird. That's weird. I still think that's weird, but... Do you think your relationship is in a balance, though, because you feel like you're the one with the drive and he's the one I just want to make money? I do think, because he gets to spend more time with kids. Gotcha. So I'm moving so fast that he gets to do the stuff that I kind of missed out on, mm. like conversations with his bathroom. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't really get those too much because I'm always doing something. Sometimes, but that's the whole yin and the yang, whatever. Yang thing. Yeah, because if you the hard driven one and he's the relaxed, I'm gonna make the money I'm gonna make, but I'll make sure the house is cool. That's that's what's up. Like you gotta have that balance, cause if, if you both was like that, that would be crazy that because would. you probably would drive each other crazy about things, and you know. So I think going forward, uh, I just talked to my therapist about this because uh, I was telling him I'm just I'm gonna keep working hard. But I'm not going to be afraid to take chances. A lot of people afraid to spend money on things I thought or think or don't deem worthy of. I'm just going to try, and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Right. I'm always trying something. Really? Put my money in something that, you know, just... I, I'm, scared of, I'm scared of that because a lot of times you put your money in things, it's a waiting game. You have to wait for results. I'm a instant result gratification person, like... So I have to get better at that. I'm trying to get better at that. I believe I will be better at that. But that's a that's a day by day thing for me. Like I don't know. I just I'm gonna figure it out. But I'm being I'm trying to be more of a better friend. I'm trying to be a better father, a better listener, uh, a better sibling, uh, a better child. And I'm all, I'm just. I'm just so hungry to get the things I want out of life and not worry about what anybody else thinks. I tell people, I don't care what nobody thinks. I'm truly doing what I want to do every day when I wake up. I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. Like, I don't have that, but this is what you got to do. Because you know when you grow up, whoever raised you always tell you, well, you just got to always keep a job. Any job's better than no job. I don't believe that anymore. Now, I understand the concept of any job's better than no job because it's income, but... My happiness and my ability to want to do what I'm doing every day is way more important than just doing what you think I should be doing every day. Agreed. So I try to make sure I'm always steadfast or Godspeed with that because I refuse to be unhappy. I don't. I know what it's like to be unhappy and sad and just hope that something good falls in your lap because nothing good falls in your lap. Never does. I, I, and I used to think like so. I'm spoiled. Mm. You know me. Mm. Mm. So that's very true. My parents will give me 
screaming and cheesing at me. Mm. Still to this day? Still to this day. <laughs> I have an own child. I, I get whatever I But that is my handicap. Like, for a long time, I always thought that everything was just going to be given. <laughs> Didn't have to work for anything or... It was just, I asked for it, or I thought about it, I wanted it, I knew I was going to get it. That's not how it works. Like, I had to learn that only way I'm going to get the lifestyle I want is if I work for it. Like, I got to put in work to get it. Like, it's not just going to fall in my lap, or I'm not going to meet this rich guy who's going to give me this fabulous. I'm not going to give me a Drake or a future like I'm just... And you can't get it, so you can't meet them sitting at home either. Right, like, so, uh, right. We're not girl, Donald Trump. We probably be, do be working for it. Like, Just, but, listen. <laughs> but anyway, like, so that used to be my handicap. I had to learn how to stop feeling like I was old and stuff. Mm. So after. Mm, old stuff. So wait a minute, do your parents do that for your kids? Do they give them whatever they want? Yes. How does that make you feel? It bothers me. <laughs> it bothers me. I feel only by my kids thing twice a year. Mm. Christmas and birthday. They don't get nothing else out of me. I might get a they might get a five dollar toy. They get McDonald's, you know, maybe once okay. a week. But that's the extent of it. Like I don't buy dad and stepmother buy my kids stuff pretty much every time they and that bothers Do they keep the toys there or no, do they bring them home? <laughs> it don't matter. It's just the fact that they always get me something. Mm-hmm. They're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So what about your other's parents? Does that they spoil I think them? They all do. Because mm. parents, our parents mostly spoil their grandchildren. Yeah. Like my mom, my youngest daughter, that's all she do is buy her stuff. And that's they their bond is is super glue tight because of my mother's willingness to give and play with her and share with her. And I just be like, man, you wouldn't buy me no toys when I was growing Why up. I had, to, I had to earn, I had to put the work in, but so you know grandparents like you said amnesia and my grandparents didn't do that for me like no, on birthdays no. my grandmother would give me candy she would make sure I was fed but she she didn't buy me things but she made sure I was fed or if I need clothes or my grandmother and my aunt was good for candy my grandfather I can't even tell you if he ever bought me anything but he was good with the conversation he would just he would talk to us so he was very stern with his conversation but um your grandparents are like that. My mother would give my daughters whatever they want. I don't like that teaching that they can just ask and it's gonna be given. I don't like that about them. That they can just ask and it will be given to them. So that's gonna give them false false security? Yes. That okay. when they get older, they're just gonna go out there in the world and ask for something and it's not gonna be given to them. Then they're not gonna know what to do next. Well, the, I agree that false security is a thing, but I don't think your kids will have that problem because you're you're raising them. Like they're not raised in your parents' house; they're raised in your house. Well, still, it's like contradiction. Mm-hmm. Right? Of yeah. course, of and course. Here comes the grandparents. Here comes the grandparents. Yeah. Just give it to them. My yeah. father's like that with my nephew. Just give it to him. Let him have it. He'll be okay. No, don't let me eat that right now. It's too much sugar. Like he's like that. He's all over the place, but. I agree with you on that. So, before we wrap it up, um, I want to just touch on something else. So, 
one of the other reasons why I'm doing this is because I love having conversations. And one of my biggest things with conversation is people's reaction. So in the future, I will video record these so people can see them. But um, we would I would definitely have you on again because I feel like it's more stuff we can talk about. And also, I would like to do it with our other friend because she's different mindset than you and I. And I think that would spark interesting conversation because you and I have a lot of the same thoughts and ideas about things. But it's good to have someone on here like, no, I don't want that. Or no, I think that's crazy. So, but I would like to thank you for doing this with me. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. So... Um, I know you got some things coming up and I can't wait to support and plug those things for you and promote those things with you and for you. Um, do you want to shout out any of your social media you want them to follow you on? Oh, definitely. Because you know you got to follow your girl. Instagram is Ash underscore Mo underscore Bougie. That is B-O-U. I would definitely put that in the link when I post it so people can click on it. Um, mine's will be on there. Fells off. F-E-L-L-S-O-F-F. Um, you got any plans for the rest of the day? It's- I am about to go to Choices and give me some wings. Choices got wings? Yeah. And I love their sweet Jesus wings. Like, Choices got wings? Yes. As many times we've been to Choices, I never knew they had Because we never ate. I've never ate when I went there. I always drank. I'm always eating when I'm at... Uh, it's not Choices anymore. It's, it's Republic. It's Republic. It's always going to be Choices to me. Then right. Choices. It's Choices to me. Um, um, did we go to Choices together? I've been there with Stephanie. I've been there no. with Lena. I've been there with my friend Antonio. I think we... Me and you've been. I don't, yeah, see, I've never went with you. I've went with multiple people there. Because that one chick who used to work at Safeguard was the bartender there. What was her name? Uh, uh, Belle Br- Brooke. Brooke. She's not a bartender there, no problem. Oh, she had the blonde hair. She was kind of spicy, but. Yeah, Brooke used to work. Yes. Yeah, choices was my spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought so funny. Sunday. Man, I hated Choices because I always felt like I struck out in there. I never, I think I dislike Choices because I never pulled nothing in there. Maybe that's why I dislike Choices. You know, it's when you go to a place enough times, you don't pull anything. You don't want to keep going back to that place. So that's what Choices was for me. A strikeout for me. Really? Yeah, I never pulled nothing in Choices. I even tried to get at Brooke one time before she started working the safeguard at Choices. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but she was too flirtish for me. You can't be flirting with me like that. My mind went. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, don't be, don't be too friendly with me. Be nice. I mean, bartenders gotta be friendly. Yeah, 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 but, but don't. But I do say bartenders are biased. Okay, because women tip too. They, you know what? We're gonna have to talk about. This. We're gonna have to talk about this because they, I done had some. They go straight to the men. I had some. I had some unbiased bartenders before who didn't show me the love. So I agree with you on that. But on that note, we're going we gonna to get on out of here. I want to thank everybody who listens to this. And uh, I can't wait to give you all another episode before episode one. I say thank you. And uh, hey, Red. <laughs>